In a world where good news is hard to find, WAVA and One Heart DC present Good News for the City. We're here to share the good news of the gospel of Jesus Christ and what His body, the church, is doing to spread this good news in the Washington, D.C. metro area, including Northern Virginia, Maryland, and D.C. As Jesus said in John 17, Father, that they may be one just as we are one. Welcome to Good News for the City. It's the gospel, the gospel that makes a way. Hello, everybody, and welcome to Good News for the City, the broadcast partnership between WAVA Radio and One Heart DC. My name is Brian Bales, and I am the lead pastor of Christian Fellowship Church in Ashburn, Virginia. It's my privilege to host you and invite you into this conversation today. Now, those of you who have been listening to Good News for the Cities for some time know that there's always a co-host. In fact, he's my better half, Dennis Williams, who joins us. He is the director of ministry relations of WAVA. He is taking some well-deserved time off in the month of August. So I'm going to try to fly this plane uh, by myself and solo. But as I fly today, we've got two wonderful guests that we're going to dig into a very important topic. In fact, today on Good News for the City, we welcome back two friends who've been on the show before. Uh, and they're going to be sharing their perspective on a conversation that we are having often here on the show. And we need to continue to have often because it's not going away. And the gospel is the only way that it can be reconciled. And it is this conversation about racial reconciliation in the church and what needs to be done. So we're going to talk about what is preventing reconciliation from occurring and what are some actionable dialogues that, that these two men are initiating to bring about racial reconciliation and healing to the church in the Washington metro area. And of course, the two men that I'm talking about is Pastor Eric Teitelman and Dr. Edwin Jones. Now, if you've heard them both speak here before, you know a little bit about them, but just in case you haven't, I want to tell you a little bit about who they are before we dive into our conversation. Uh, Pastor Eric is a Hebrew follower of Yeshua, and he's an ordained bivocational pastor with the Southern Baptist Convention. He oversees the House of David Ministries. It's a Messianic and Hebraic itinerant teaching and worship ministry that's focused on building the kingdom of God by bringing Jewish and Gentile Christians together as one new man in Christ, Yeshua. You can see that in Ephesians chapter 2, verses 14 to 16. Uh, this ministry helps Christians gain an understanding of the Hebraic foundation in spiritual heritage, as well as embracing the church's calling concerning the Jewish people and understanding God's kingdom purposes and prophetic promises for the church and Israel. Pastor Eric grew up uh, in Israel, and he and his wife Kim presently live in Haymarket, Virginia. So thanks for joining us, Pastor Eric, as well as uh, Pastor uh, Dr. Edwin Jones from Living Faith Baptist Church and Ministry International is joining us today. He's a native Washingtonian. He's an ordained preacher and has earned not just one, but two doctoral degrees, one of the Doctor of Ministry and another a PhD from Andersonville Baptist Theological Seminary. He is the former president of Faith Christian University and Schools. He served in both the United States Marine Corps and the California Army National Guard. He's been a guest lecturer at Emory University, Wake Forest University, and at several conventions and conferences throughout the U.S. and even in South Africa. He serves with the One Heart D.C. facilitating ministry uh, in the inner city, including various evangelism, training, and outreach activities. So anytime that I get a chance to have a conversation uh, with men who are on the front lines attempting to make happen one of the clear pillars of the gospel, and one of the pillars that we talk about at One Heart D.C., the co-sponsor of Good news for the city of unity. I'm excited. And so, uh, Dr. Jones, I'm just going to start with you if I can. Uh, racial reconciliation is something that you and I have had a conversation before about on the show, and, and you're having in many different areas and many different places. 
And there are a lot of layers to this. Um, and so I just want to ask you a, a straight up question because I believe some people are starting to give up on this because it's too complicated. It's too hard. There's so many layers. Do you believe as someone who's been a part of this conversation, not just for weeks or months, but for decades, do you believe it can become a reality? I truly believe that it can become a reality. Uh, and who is the witness to it is, is my own life. And, uh, it is the commitment, first of all, that I have to Christ and understanding the body of Christ being one and understanding that what uh, we look at in reference to racial reconciliation and everything from a, uh, from a social standpoint, but even looking closer within the body of Christ, that the common denominator is Jesus Christ. And if we can start there, knowing the truth and the truth that makes us free. It's not mm -hmm. legislation or anything else, but it's the truth of the gospel. I know that we can find a solution. It can be a reality in our lives. Dr. Jones, you know, it's, it's like we, we speak the same language. We say you're on good news for the city. It's our tagline over and over again. It is the gospel that makes a way. Uh, and, and thank you just for that reminder. You know, we talk a lot, and I think no matter whether you're looking online uh, to your news source or you're listening on a radio like you might be doing right now or you're listening to a television, the conversation around racism and this idea of racial reconciliation comes up a lot. But specifically what this looks like in the church is what we're talking about, and, and we live in a world that needs examples, right? I, I go to YouTube all the time to figure out how to fix something or do something or whatever it might be. And, and we as a people are served really well by seeing other people do it. So, you know, you're already working this, Dr. Jones, Pastor Eric, you're, you're working on this as well. What does, what does it look like? Give people a little bit of a YouTube vision, so to speak, of racial reconciliation in the church and, and, and what we can do to achieve it. Well, let me take a, take a shot at that. I, you know, we know, we understand the biblical foundation, of course, of reconciliation. I mean, God reconciled the world to himself while we were yet sinners. Mm. You know, Christ died for us. And so he has paid the price. So there, it, you know, the, the implication here is that there's damage that was caused and somebody owes a debt and somebody can't afford to pay the debt. Therefore, Christ stepped in as a propitiation to pay the debt as a substitute. So we, under, we understand that. The question is, what does that look like when it comes to reconciliation uh, so that's the vertical reconciliation between us and God, the damage that we've caused. But what does it look like when we deal with the sort of the horizontal relationship? And any sin that we commit damages God. If, if I commit a sin against any person, black, white, or any other nationality, I've actually committed a sin against God because that person was also made in his image. Yes. He or she has been made in his image. So I'm actually, by sinning against that person, I'm actually sinning against God. Dave, King David said, uh, when he committed those, those grave sins, he said, Lord, against you only have I sinned. And so his acknowledgement was that no matter what damage he caused, vertical or horizontal, his sin was against God. So we're dealing, when we're talking about reconciliation, we're dealing ultimately with rest, restoration on two levels, restoring our relationship with God, but also restoring our relationship with those that he has made in his image. Uh, and there's two important parts to that, I believe, because the first thing that Jesus preached was repentance. He said, repent for the kingdom of God is at hand. And so God is looking for repentance. And if we've committed any sin, intentionally or unintentionally, the first thing he wants is a humbled and repentant heart. And then consequently, God was willing to forgive us. And so if I go to a person that I've 
sinned against, and I say, look, forgive me, I've sinned, and I recognize, I acknowledge my error, uh, you know, what I'm hoping to hear is, I forgive you. And I think if we have forgiveness, if we have repentance, uh, and those two things working together, we can see uh, the healing that God can bring, and we can see the reconciliation, the restoration of the damaged relationship. That's, I think, God's heart. Yeah, and Pastor Eric, thanks for that, for just kind of, you know, laying it out for us and giving us a practical way to think about it, and, and making, again, this this really important point about we're not just sinning against other people, we're sinning against God. And, and when we think of it that way, it's a beginning right. start. Dr. Jones, you know, this idea of racial reconciliation, as I just mentioned, it's, it's everywhere at some point, but it's uniquely different when we talk about the church and the people of God than what may be happening in our culture. Could you highlight some of the ways that, that you're experiencing or seeing how it is different or should be different? Okay, well, it is, it's, it's the same, it's, it's the reconciliation that's needed in society, it's, mm -hmm. uh, reconciliation which is needed within the body of Christ, where we run into a major problem is, is that too much, too many uh, within the body of Christ are looking for the social, political, uh, you know, issues to be settled as a way of saying, well, we can be reconciled through that versus seeing what uh, Rabbi Eric has said is that we as the people of God, okay, will realize that it is sin, okay, and that because we realize that it's sin, okay, then because we are the children of God, then we know that there needs to be a reconciliation, a, just like he says, a repentance, okay, and also a forgiveness part. The world cannot do that. And that's the problem that we that we're having and too many within the body of Christ, whether you're white, black, brown, or whatever, are looking at the world for solutions when we need to be looking to Christ. So if I'm hearing you correctly, if I put it sort of in another analogy, I think what, what I'm hearing you saying is it's not that social and political aspects aren't important, right. but they are symptoms of the illness of sin. Right. And if you're symptomatically approaching the social issues or the political aspects and not dealing with the sin issue, you may be temporarily be able to get rid of something, but it's going to come back. It's like if right. I have the flu and I'm, I'm just going to deal with my cough and I take cough medicine, but I've not really dealt with my flu. I'm just masking some things or showing up. Is that, is that a fair sort of uh, analogy to put to what you're saying? That's, that's the exact analogy to put to it. I mean, because that which is flesh is flesh and that which is spirit is spirit. And the sin problem is a spiritual problem. Mm. And, and, and the world is not that we condone it by any means, but the world is going to be the world. And we cannot depend on the world with any kind of legislation, any kind of equality, whatever they put forth for us to stand, because that is the world. Yeah. Well, thank you for that. And I, I love that reminder uh, that we're talking about. And especially when we're dealing with something that, that unless you're living under a rock or unless you're living in denial, we'll use those two options, right? This isn't a new issue. Right. Um, this may be hitting you in a new and a different way and whoever's listening in their way, but the, the issue isn't new. I mean, this is a, a 400 year old issue uh, in, in our country and the idea of racism 
and not viewing each other, as Pastor Eric mentioned uh, before, as people made in the image of God is something that can be traced all the way back uh, into all different types of ways. Pastor Eric, coming from uh, a Jewish background, knows a whole lot about the idea of uh, racism. If there is any group uh, that's had more racism thrown at them that we're aware of in all of human history is the Jewish people. So, so racism, it, it's not the original sin, but it, it's one of the top five or so, if we want to say that, that has been going around for thousands of years. And certainly here in the United States, what do you think from, from your perspective and your experience needs to happen beyond that idea uh, of sin and recognizing repenting? And when I say beyond, I'm not trying to minimize that. That's the biggest issue there. But the next step. All right. So I, I've repented. Uh, and repentance isn't just a 180 turn and staying in the same direction. It's moving in that new direction. What does it look like to begin to make and repair some of that? And so I'll, I'll go to you, Pastor Eric, and then to you, Dr. Jones. Yeah, I think there are actually a couple of uh, key areas that we can focus on. And I think the first would start with, with the church. And so if, if, if there are areas within the church that are damaged, then we need to really uh, begin to talk about uh, what is damaged and why why these things are damaged and how can we work together collectively to fix them i think we owe it to each other as brothers and sisters in christ that we are we are equal before god we are all sons and daughters of of the king and uh, you know i think one day he's going to look at us and we're going to stand before him and we're going to have to answer for you know how we have treated our fellow brothers and sisters. Uh, so if there are, are if there are deficiencies, the Bible says when one you know suffers in the body of Christ, we all suffer. Uh, so if there are deficiencies, is the question is the church collectively able and willing to to work together to help bring about solutions to those deficiencies? Now I'm speaking in generalities, and I and I get that there there's a lot more specific that we can get into, but I want to start with sort of the the, the generalities first. Um, so it comes from a position of sacrifice. Are we willing to make those sacrifices to really go beyond our comfort level and the things that really stretch us to go out and help another brother or sister, another pastor, another Christian leader in our community to say, look, you are really struggling in your area. How can we be a resource, whether it's financial or people or otherwise, to be part of what God is doing through you in your part of the community and not allow us to be segregated or divided based on either socioeconomics, demographics, geographics, political, racial, or otherwise. We need to be one body. That's part. And I, I also believe that the church needs to be in action outside of its walls. What I, and what I mean by that is that we have a social responsibility to the world. Mm-hmm. You know, God ordained governments. He, he established legal systems and court systems. If there are injustices in our political systems, our governmental legal systems, and otherwise— I believe that we as a church have a moral responsibility to God to work towards fixing those problems in our society. And we we know some great names of some great leaders throughout history that were willing to take those kind of tough positions and go against governments that were unjust. And they, you know, they prevailed. Wilberforce is a, is a classic name, for example. Uh, but without Christians being willing to take on injustice in government, we won't see anything change and we will just have, government operating with its deficiencies. So I, I think we have an internal responsibility to unite the church as one people, and I think we have an external responsibility to society. And that foundation is always biblical. It's biblical in the church, and it's biblical when we step outside of the church. Hmm. Dr. Jones, um, I think everyone has at some point in this world an opinion. 
I was just recently in our last show talking with Pastor Mike Mentor, Reston Bible Church. He's been there for 45 years. And we were talking about this idea that, you know, in this world that we live in right now, our opinions are, are megaphoned out to the world via the internet, via social media, whatever it might be. But I'm just going to be honest, not all opinions are equal. And I don't mean that to be disparaging to anyone, but, uh, you know, uh, the old statement that Pastor Mentor made that I, I would put to you, Dr. Jones, you, you know a thing or two because you've seen a thing or two. Uh, you, you've been around, you've been a part of this journey of trying to bring about reconciliation specifically between what may be able to say as, you know, the, the white church. And I don't necessarily like that term too well because it's Jesus church, not a white church or and the black church, because again, it's Jesus church, not, not a black church or a Korean church or an Asian church or any other adjective we want to put before church. It's always Jesus church. Mm-hmm. But in that idea, what do you see as some of the main hindrances between uh, the, the, the black and the white communities that sort of prevent us uh, from moving in the way that we should at the speed that we should towards reconciliation? Well, the first thing is, is that we see ourselves as a white community and a black community. Ah, okay. <laughs> okay. I see I set you up for that. So. Yeah, you know what I mean? That's the, I mean, you know, it's just, it's just like the thing of civil rights. People find this, yeah, human rights, mm. okay, that people need to be, be concerned about. And we have gone so long, okay, uh, let's like say 400 plus years. I've only, I only have had uh, this December, I will be 70. I've only had 70 years of that 401 years. Okay. Uh, and everything. And and what has happened is, is that society has actually influenced, infiltrated the thoughts and the minds of people. You said, uh, starting off, you said about, you know, different opinions and different truths and all of these things are, uh, uh, and this is this 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 is where the, where the problem where the problem lies and everything, and so within with within for lack of better words the black community and the white community uh, within our communities we have developed these different truths and 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 our beliefs and understanding about other people uh, and everything. And uh, and and not only have we developed them about other people, we have even developed them about other people in our own community. Mm-hmm. You know, the, I mean, the big t- the big task uh, within uh, before us is the, is the fact that can say again the white community actually actually take a message of reconciliation uh, into their community and be effective? Can I, as a, as a black African-American, take the message of reconciliation to my community and be effective and really be, and can either one of us honestly be heard even within our own community? Yeah. So yeah, we, we, have, we have a elephant and it's gonna take one bite at a time. That's right. Well, and again, one of the, the core values of uh, One Heart DC, which you're both unbelievably involved in, is this idea of unity. And we know that Jesus himself said in John chapter 17 that, that we are to be unified, that that is a way that we are a witness to the world around us. And so if we're unable to be unified, even inside those who have a relationship with Jesus Christ, it's going to certainly affect and have that impact to the world around us. And so both of you now for several years have been working to help facilitate through One Heart DC this, the discussion in the church on racial reconciliation. Um, can you tell us about some of your uh, recent efforts, Pat, Dr. Jones, and I'll go with you, Pastor Eric. Okay. Of course, I, uh, of course I remain active, uh, of course, with uh, One Heart. 
and my good buddy Howie, <laughs> and uh, I'm uh, you know stay active and uh, uh, working with uh, crew mm-hmm. uh, and introducing other pastors uh, to to crew and the various ministries through crew. Uh, and uh, events that, that we have sponsored, co- you know, collectively in the community. Uh, I, I stay active and in touch with the Billy Graham Association uh, and everything uh, through, uh, you know, pastors' networks. And again, introducing uh, uh, pastors within within these uh, communities in the inner city uh, to those programs. You know, just trying to build build relationship and create opportunities. Uh, for communication. And one thing that I practice, you know, myself personally, is that I do. I have one one brother, uh, Tim Mahoney, uh, who uh, Tim and I meet, uh, or white brother, we meet weekly at my home. We sit on the porch sometimes. Sometimes we sit at, in the living room and we just pray and we share and we go out and we share meals together uh, just to keep that relationship uh, going because because it is it's going to take one at a time two at a time you yeah, know I mean and, and for us to be examples yeah Pastor Eric how about you not only just some of the ways you're doing it but how can maybe some pastors and Christian leaders uh, choose to get involved in these efforts well I'm hoping that uh, you in in maybe one of your next episodes you get a chance to have uh, Pastor Josh and Pastor Bo on there because those two men have been working together for the last number of years to literally build a bridge across the river Mm, both in ward six southeast uh, ward six and seven i'm sorry but they're on both in southeast and they are meeting together praying together uh they are joining their congregations together in different service projects Uh, they're they're going to be a perfect example what what we're trying to do with one heart is facilitate discussion Uh, we're trying to bring leaders together in the region to just have an, an open heart discussion about is there a division in the church that we need to yeah. reconcile? Are there barriers that are preventing us from working together that prevent us from recognizing the disparities that we have in our churches? And can we begin to break down those walls and begin working together to, to unify the body of Christ around, again, the three pillars, uh, prayer and unity and hope. You know, prayer, unified prayer is what we need. We need to unify around the gospel message, and we need to share the hope of the gospel yeah. with every person in the D.C. metro but the gospel in word, but also the gospel in action. And what I mean by that is that in the, in our hard, you know, hard hit areas, we need people to get out there and to help with whatever those needs are, those boots on the ground activities. It's, it's, you know, sharing the word and demonstrating the word in action. And thank you to both of you gentlemen, by the way, for being men that who aren't just speaking the gospel, but are actively attempting to live it out. The gospel is reconciliation and, and so just, just thank you for that. Thank you for your witness. Thank you for your heart. And thank you for taking time uh, to just come on the show today and to share your heart uh, for the truth about who Jesus Christ is and how it is the gospel that brings about reconciliation. Uh, thank you for our listeners today for listening in, whether you're listening right now on the radio or whether you're listening to the podcast. If you'd like to know more information about how you can get involved locally uh, and how you can connect uh, with other leaders or people in your area upon all kinds of issues, but specifically about this issue of racial reconciliation, uh, you can go to oneheartdc.org, or if you'd like to listen to this show again, you can go to wava.com. You can click on the link there for One Heart, uh, rather goodnewsforthecity.com, and you can get the podcast of this, or you can go straight to goodnewsforthecity.com and find out more information 
there. Gentlemen, uh, you've both been on the show before, and it's one of the things that uh, Dennis says a lot if he's closing up. I say when I'm, when I'm closing up is uh, the time goes really fast. But thank you for the, the time that you gave us today to really dig into and talk about the importance of it is really only the gospel uh, that makes a difference. So thanks for being on the show, uh, Dr. Jones. Thank you. Pastor Eric, thank you. Thank you. And remember, wherever you're listening from right now and whatever you're going through right now, that you have a Savior in Jesus Christ that loves you, who died for your sins, so that all those who would then believe on him, he, because he rose again over sin, death, and the grave, can restore you back in relationship. That is what we call the gospel. And it is the gospel that makes a way. It's the gospel. Thank you for joining us and listening to Good News for the City, a gospel partnership between WAVA and One Heart DC. This is a partnership, movement which celebrates and seeks to accelerate the move of the gospel into the Washington, D.C. metro area. It is our prayer that through this radio broadcast ministry of Good News for the City, we will see transformed lives and communities and more and more people responding to the good news of the gospel of Jesus Christ. We want to help bring unity to Bible-believing people and churches in order to multiply our impact in our city, and we would love for you to join us. You can learn more at goodnewsforthecity.com. That's goodnewsforthecity.com. Or you can go to wava.com keyword good news. Or you can call us at 703-807-2266. 703-807-2266. And remember, it's the gospel that makes a way.